Welcome to Redesigning School, Season 3, Home Edition, all of that. I am Terry DeBeau, Director of Special Projects here at Hawken. And I'm Julia Griffin, Director of the Mastery School of Hawken. Well, Julia, we made it to November, which in any year can feel like an achievement, but this year it feels more like an accomplishment, uh, trophies, awards, you know, that all, we should all get those. How's your November going? Um, I mean, I think... You know, I don't know what can what can I say? What can any of us in schools say this year? I mean, it's it's like a a I, well, I, I will say. I mean, it feels like a minor miracle to um, have made it this far in the year, frankly, um, and to uh, you know to have launched in the middle of a pandemic and be be doing be doing one if not two almost impossible things um, at the same time, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I think it's very, it's very bittersweet here as we're rolling into rolling into Thanksgiving, um, and have been together, had the chance to be together in person, and are now looking at a phase of, of going remote. Yeah. So the plan is yeah. to go remote starting right before Thanksgiving, all the way through uh, winter break. Um, so everyone's going to have to adjust and redesign <laughs> again. Um, but it feels like, you know, people have gotten a little bit of practice at it. So here's hoping that we have a better sense of what's coming our way. So, um, but yeah, it is an accomplishment. Um, and uh, I think it definitely calls on our ability to be creative and generative and all of that. And, you know, in my other life, I spent a lot of time writing and I have found that it can be hard to be creative and generative in a moment of this kind of uncertainty. Um, and yet, you know, there's always these bursts of invention um, you know, well, not always, but hopefully, right? Because there's room and, uh, and to question things, to test out ideas, and build approaches. So um, it's a little bit of a, you know, you know, contradiction because you feel like the uncertainty can be sort of oppressive in some ways, but it also can be liberating. So anyway, those are my philosophical thoughts at, you know, 10 in the morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing I've been thinking about the most as the um, the waves of uncertainty roll through is that uh, the the thing the thing you have that's the bedrock, the thing you have to fall back on, um, and what I think is really what what I know is 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 getting us through this time in this moment is um, is culture actually. Like it's what the culture is of our team and the culture of um, you know this whole this, at the mastery together, and it's it's that kind of. Um, trust and humor and uh, each other in, in all kinds of ways um, and like take a deep breath when things are are uncertain or aren't going the way we wanted them to and say, okay, all right, well, new plan. Um, so that's, uh, that's been tested more than I really would have even imagined. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's what we're hanging on to right now. It's what right. I'm hanging on to right now. And we're not alone, right? The schools all over the country, all over the world are, are dealing with this. So, um, there's a community of educators who are like trying to redesign on the fly, um, and adjust. I think at the end of it, we'll all walk, work, walk away feeling like we've accomplished quite a bit, um, just by, you know, having to make these new designs, um, as we go. So, which actually, is a segue, kind of a maybe a lame one, but it kind of gets us to segue to what we're going to talk about today, which is architecture and building things. Um, and specifically, we're going to talk about a new program here at Hawken, led by our very own Katie Zielinski, who's a founding member at the Mastery School um, and a returning guest. So thank you, uh, uh, Katie, for joining the podcast. Welcome back. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. 
course, of course. So just for our listeners, in case there are still any of them out there, uh, we are recording over Zoom at home. And my dog is behind me. And uh, so our, our usual professional uh, quality may be a little bit uh, deteriorated, but we will get through. Um, and it's, we're excited to talk with Katie because she's got this cool program that uh, is pretty rare, I think, at high school. So let's just start with that. Teaching architecture at high school is pretty rare. Can you talk a little bit about how you ended up developing the course and what you think the value of learning architecture at high school is? What do you think? Sure. So architecture is a macro for upperclassmen, for um, juniors and seniors that follow in the footsteps of entrepreneurship and um, the engineering program. Um, So architecture fits into this model really well because it's generally, um, it's inherently um, interdisciplinary. Um, So the process for creating a building from the initial idea or use um, all the way through to when a building opens and the red ribbon gets cut is it requires um, many different teams of people and many different expertise. um, And they all have to collaborate well in order to have a successful building at the end of the process. Um, And so I think students seeing that all of that expertise and all the details um, that go into a building um, is really important. And I think it gives students an opportunity to um, find a a really deep interest in architecture. So um, a student that's interested in painting or drawing or coming up with a conceptual design is just as likely to be um, successful and interested in something in architecture as um, someone who loves physics and wants to calculate structural loads and angles and use their geometry in a real way. Um, and I think it also gives students a place to enter think, enter areas of study that maybe they need more growth in. So um, that student that loves painting but has always considered themselves to be bad at math or not a math person, quote unquote, um, they may start to really love and understand geometry in a way um, that helps them make their design a reality. So they've never really understood geometry until they like, how does the structure of this building or this chair work um, and how, how do they can make their um, creative designs a reality. That's awesome. And Katie, you know, I, it, this course has been years in the making now, and it was um, it's so exciting to have it underway and to see uh, the awesome work that you um, and your students are, are doing. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about the challenges that you've had your students working on this fall. Absolutely. Um, so they've um, gone through two challenges at this point. Um, and uh, in September, we, for challenge one, we partnered with the Board of Elections um, who, and they asked the students to design floor plans for in-person voting for the November election, um, which uh, was definitely urgent and a kind of once in a moment um, challenge idea. Um, and it, it landed perfectly in timing and in urgency. And I think the students really felt that. Um, they had to consider the rules and regulations of a normal election um, while overlaying our current um, COVID-19 pandemic problem. And I think that some of the students initially thought that this problem was really straightforward. Research those those issues and draw a floor plan and tell people about it. And 
I think um, as they kind of dove deeper into it, they found a lot of the complexity that um, I was hoping they would find. That um, if you have to make people feel safe in order to go do this very important thing for our country. Um, and if you don't make people feel safe, especially poll workers, then um, they have to close down polling stations and that exasperates the problem of needing space to space people out for COVID. And um, how do you do all of these things while also, um, you know, learning how to communicate architecturally. So most of my students, um, have minimal to absolutely none, um, absolutely no um, architectural drawing experience and even don't have the language to talk about um, architecture. So that first challenge is, it's also, it was also really important to create a manageable deliverable. Um, they were creating a floor plan. That's, it's one architectural drawing that they could focus on and um, ultimately put in their toolbox. Um, and um, so then moving on from that into challenge two, um, they were asked to design a gathering space for a new community who here at University Circle. And, um, you know, starting out from the challenge, I give them, you know, a list of de deliverables that's almost twice as much as the first challenge, but it, it comes with a kind of the same anxiety because now that they have this floor plan and this um, language, they that stuff is a given and they can, um, uh, that stuff is like, oh, we know how to do that. So let's focus on this, this other new monster that um, is part of the deliverables. Um, and, um, now they, they have just started challenge three, which is a little bit more open um, and they pitched architectural problems. And I think, you know, that is even larger of a monster and they, um, but because they now ha have an even more expanded toolbox, I think that it's, it comes with a little bit less, you know, as they, they grow this toolbox, they are just um, anxious about different things. <laughs> So, so, I mean, you know, you and I have had so many conversations about this as you've been designing it and teaching it and, and planning it. Um, but there are some of the things that I love about how you've set this up um, and are, for one thing, how, you know, and just like you said, how relevant and timely these challenges are. Like that's so much of what the um, what students routinely tell us is meaningful to them is that they're that the challenges are real and they're happening right now. And what could be happening more right now this in the fall of 2020? you know, in many ways than, than that first challenge with the Board of Elections, for sure. Um, and then also in my world, you know, the Mastery School and our University Circle campus needing a gathering space is also a very, very real and present and urgent challenge. Um, and I loved how, how your students really embraced that and were able to do the interviewing and the on-site work and start to really um, provide some really interesting and exciting ideas. Um, for that challenge too. Um, and then the second thing uh, that you just explained so beautifully is about the scaffolding and the kind of spiraling, right? Of how you've structured those deliverables and the level of challenge and the, the shape. So there is this very real challenge that you didn't make up that's real for somebody else, but then how you're structuring and supporting your students learning as they're going through each challenge. Like that's the kind of, that's the, the you know, the bones, right? And the method of how that kind of learning and growth um, that we see in the students over the course of the semester, like that's that's what you're doing to, to make it happen. Um, super cool. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you know, so for, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. And like, so that I talked a lot about the technical, like drawing aspects of that toolbox growing, but there's also like the collaboration and the problem solving and how they build on those skills is also really important. Yeah. Well, you know, which uh, in many ways is the next thing that I was thinking about. So just thinking about what you've seen so far from your students and what they are learning, like what, what in your view are the most important things that they are learning in this, in this uh, experience? Yeah, the the ultimate most important thing that um, I think my students are learning is how to collaborate with one another. And I think that especially in this climate of our world, like being so divided and not being able to understand other people's experiences and interests and how they live their life, I think that that has been excellent. And um, it it has been so inspirational to see the bond of this class um, grow. Um, and maybe to a point where like an unexpected, you know, especially maybe just cause this is the first year I've taught it. And maybe this always happens in engineering and entrepreneurship, but like how much they care about each other. And I've seen moments where conversations can get intense, which happens in cl- collaboration and it always comes back to kindness. And I think that that has been, um, just a life lesson that is invaluable. Um, and I think specifically to architecture, there's also this um, this idea that understanding that the world is designed, and if the world is designed, then you have the power to change it. So, um, which may seem a little bit grandiose and idyllic, but um, I think that this class actually gives them concrete skills that um, give them the power to do that. So researching history and understanding context, experimentation and um, and mathematical modeling so that they can kind of predict the future, um, drawing and writing and being able to communicate your ideas. Like those are all concrete skills that are valuable in kind of any um, discipline that you ultimately go into. Um, and I think that those are the skills that help them change and, and modify your world. It's really exciting to see how you know, you can do this discrete class, architecture class, and that it spills over into other things. So I assume that, you know, your goal may be to create a world full of architects. Maybe that's what you're trying to do. Um, But let's assume that maybe that's not your dream. Um, What else do you think uh, you want them to take away from this experience? Yeah, um, I would love a world of architects. Sometimes I think my brain is a little bit weird and communicating with architects is is definitely easy. Um, (laughs) But um, I know that's not realistic or um, frankly beneficial to the world. You know, we need everyone doing what they're they're made to do. Um, So my hope is that they really do become great great collaborators and really understand that everyone has an experience and a story that that can help them solve a problem. And I hope that they really learn the problem solving process and that um, that that process, whether you're designing a building or, um, you know, trying to fix somebody's heart or something like that, that that you're always coming at it from this um, this process of uh, research and trying and refining and developing a, a really innovative, creative solution. Um, I think that that's valid and relevant in in all aspects of life. 
Um, and, you know, because it's architecture, I do hope that they develop a graphic sensibility and are able to draw better and communicate um, with intention with graphics better. Um, and I think that, you know, understanding how, how graphics can help communicate is also uh, a definite benefit in, in many dis disciplines in the world. Um, and I guess, ultimately, I also hope that they're um, able to kind of work their creativity and curiosity muscles so that they're approaching problems, whether they become doctors or plumbers or lawyers or stand-up comedians or economists or writers, um, that they're approaching those problems with questions and um, really trying to think of innovative ideas and that those innovative ideas can really change things for the better. Um, well, I, I love that. And I think that that, that mindset and mentality having, uh, in many cases, thanks to you, um, spent, uh, more time with architects in these last few years than I, than I previously had. Um, that's a real signature of the field in my very limited opinion and experience of that, that, that questioning and seeing opportunity. And I, and I love that if they all, if they took that mindset into all of the fields they went into, that would be a huge win. <laughs> um, so, so tell me, as you think about what you've learned so far teaching this class, this, this particular class for the first time, um, and tell me what, you know, what have you learned and what are you most interested in trying next? Um, yeah, so I definitely have learned a lot. Um, I think to be specific about one example, um, we do these one, uh, one week short design shorts, I call them, which is like a standard architectural um, activity. Um, and they are quick and meant to be more like idea generative um, and not and less about like the final beautiful object. Um, and we do them more to practice skills that have been learned in the challenges. And I think just getting, doing the process over again is always helpful when you learn skills. Um, and after challenge two, we did a uh, a charrette where they had to build like pre-designed with instruction birdhouse and then kind of redesign them um, for a specific bird. Um, and I think just seeing the students use power tools and like build and create something, um, it definitely made me feel like that needs to be um, a focus of one or more challenges in, in the future. Um, I think it was definitely, um, an area where you could, you saw like the different level of skill of students going into it very clearly. There were students that have participated in building sets for the plays at Hawken and were very um, into it and could, could jump right in. And there were students that were very scared of the tools and watching the difference, but watching how people helped each other. And then ultimately um, after the build, how empowered all of them were, like the, the empowerment of helping other students learn, but also the students that were afraid of these tools and then ultimately had this beautiful birdhouse in the end um, was just really inspiring to me. And I think that in integrating more of that hands-on building into the program, I think would, would um, be helpful. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, getting kids to move from the conceptual to the physical um, 
in a bunch of different ways, I think is really useful. Also, you got a bunch of birdhouses, uh, which I think would be uh, <laughs> nice uh, to have. So let, let's uh, bird-centered design. Bird-centered. <laughs> I love it. Under underrated. <laughs> Perfect. Um, it makes me think of spring, which is always good. All right. So uh, let's as we close here. Um, uh, part you know part of what you do in these macros is you present to authentic audiences, and I know that you gather some of your uh, architecture colleagues. Um, so I'm really curious, like, what did they think about the students and about this program? Yeah, so um, one of my colleagues joined us for Challenge 2, and she's a practicing architect, uh, but she also teaches architecture studio um, at a local college. And um, one of the things that struck her was how um, helpful working on real world, world problems is. Um, architecture school, especially in the first two years, can be a little bit abstract and a little bit weird. And I think that there's a, a place for that in, you know, in learning to think abstractly, kind of expanding your curiosity and your mind and your creativity. But I think that there is um, a level of real world problem, especially in those early years that um, is missing. And she definitely commented on that and was saying how, how interesting it was to see these students after a few weeks grappling with these problems and how much that could help the practice of um, architecture education, um, like how much that could help architecture students really understand what they're getting into and understand the field. And um, I think help them flex their muscles and understand like the problems that they're really solving um, when they get out into the world and, um, you know, keeping some of that, that abstract um, education. But um, I think sometimes when students, when architecture students leave architecture, they know how to um, model some strange sculptural things, but they um, are a little bit less, uh, they're a little bit less practiced in actually like interviewing a user and um, thinking about um, how uh, the natural world could affect their, um, their design. So I think that uh, she was definitely struck by how much that this, this style of teaching could be beneficial to um, training architects. Well, that's pretty cool. Agreed. And, you know, and just in listening to you talk about that, you know, it brought me back to one of our big, one of our big ideas here, I think, in the Mastery School, which is about, you know, this idea that high school should be about discovery and that this is a, that, that there are parts of, you know, discovering what it is that an architect actually needs to think about and do um, and that problem solving process. And maybe then it makes you want to learn a whole bunch more and then have the chance to experience those, you know, more abstract elements of architecture. Um, or maybe you're like, no, I'm good. And I want to go into, you know, biomedical engineering or something else like, but, but the, but that experience of um, problem solving that you were talking about, like there are elements of that that are transferable while also plunging you right into some of the things um, that an architect has to do or think about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think about like what you're doing in redesigning our school is might influence other redesigns. It's kind of cool. Sorry, Katie, you were going to say something. 
Yeah, I was just going to totally agree. And I think that there's also like, even also a middle ground of like, um, maybe you don't want to be an architect and explore all those abstract things. And maybe you don't want to totally abandon and go to biomedical engineering, but maybe you really were interested in the structure. And there's like, there are like these tangential um, disciplines like structural engineering, mechanical engineering, um, interior design that that could be like the periphery that also you kind of discover as you work through these problems. Well, it's super cool. And we're really grateful that you're doing it here at Hawken um, and uh, grateful that you came and shared on the podcast. So uh, thank you, uh, Katie. And thank you, Julia, as always for taking time to speak to us. Um, thanks to Nick Fletcher, our editor, uh, our listeners out there. If you like the podcast, please review it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us uh, on social media, redesigningschool.org. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season, whichever holiday you're listening in. Um, And I hope everyone stays safe. And thanks for joining, guys. Mm -hmm.